One of the best ways to support the FTF podcast is to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, interviews, and plenty more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. I am your host, Alex Kendall. And I am your host, Derek Baker. And today, obviously, we're doing something a little different, and I think it's a good debate topic. I, I think it's things that have come up um, not so much in recent years. I think people are kind of more accepting of this idea now, but we're talking about are video games or should video games be considered art? And I think for a long time, it's been sort of in its um, early years, in its infancy. It's been kind of looked at as like, oh, that kid with their video games, you know, it's the same thing as having like a toy when you're a little kid that you're rolling the ball around on the floor. It's just something that a kid would do to pass the time. And then after that, you would kind of move on and grow up. But we've seen over time now that that's not really the case. There are a lot of video gamers that grew up playing video games when mm-hmm. they were in their infancy that still play video games today. And so it's worth having a different type of conversation about. I think that's exactly it. So I, I wanted to talk about kind of the first iteration of this idea came in 1983, where the video game magazine Video Games Player stated that video games, quote, are as much an art form as any other field of entertainment. And we actually see the earliest institutional considerations. So, you know, businesses or museums kind of taking this idea of it was actually in the late 1980s when a few art museums began retrospective displays of the then outdated first and second generation games. So a lot of your OG, 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 kind of talking about Pong era, but kind of showing those off and, and displaying some of the ideas of what makes those art, um, whether it's in the, and especially in that era, kind of the physicality of the console itself, making it an art form, an art piece, but what makes the, the virtual, the actual game itself art, I think is a really good discussion that we're going to bring up today. And I'll give you two points. I'll start with that. What makes it art? What makes it not art? And should either of those really matter? Yeah, it's interesting because it sort of fits in two spaces. It fits in these things belong in museums because they're technically a part of history as well. When we talk about where we're getting in terms of technology and how video game home consoles have evolved from these arcade machines as well that have sort of flip-flopped back and forth for a while on who was influencing who. And, you know, historically, now these games have turned into something totally different. It's a billion-dollar industry. Mm -hmm. It's a massive, massive worldwide global phenomenon. 
I think it's absolutely worth talking about them in forms of art now, but I certainly understand where in its origins, people were probably a little skeptical to want to go that far to say that this sure. is art. No, and, and I think that makes sense. I think, you know, games in and of themselves have artists working on them, even your, your earliest iterations. But does that just make the art in the game art? Is the whole entire picture of it art? That's where we want to dive into it. And, and looking at more modern, well, modern, we're talking about 11 years ago, but the Smithsonian American Art Museum actually had a 2012 exhibit called The Art of Video Games, which showed how the artistic nature of video games impacted older work, subsequent work, and talking about how that impacted culture. And they actually had games like Flower, Halo 2600, which is like the Atari demake of Halo, and bring up the idea of that. And I actually went to, whenever I was in Scotland, I went to one of the natural museums, and they had an entire exhibit on like the history of video games as art, all the way back from, again, like some OG consoles, arcades, all the way up to the indies at the time, which was in 2015, and bringing that up as an actual exhibit. So, so as far as the physicality, I think we agree that there can be art elements into it. I think it's when you go past that. And it's the argument against it a lot of times where art reflects society. And a lot of times, you know, Jumpman, not so much. Pac-Man, not so much. Right. But when we get later down the road, I think we start to see a lot of games that have influence from society all around them. Well, and it's interesting because these games, right, I, I just want to go out on a limb. Like, for me, yes, I, I do think video games are an art form. Video games like the Pac-Man era, the, the Jumpman era, they're perfect encapsulations of their time, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're a reflection of their time, similar to how artwork from different eras in history are good reflections of what was going on, what kind of styles were people using in paint, what kind of things were they doing in sculptures, and, and these things are all reflective of the technology and the methodologies of that time. Video games are really the same way. You know when a game is emulating the, and, and emulating and not the emulating sense that we know video games now, <laughs> sure, sure. but emulating you know that old retro style of video game. You, you brought up Halo 2600, mm -hmm. where it's very clearly trying to be the style of video game from a different Atari era and putting mm -hmm. it out in a more modern time. You know, it's, it's showing like a tribute, basically, to those old style of games because there is a particular art style and feel to those games. And I feel like the fact that that can even happen is a perfect example and reflection that video games are art in that sense. Exactly. I, I think, you know, like we said, demakes, I think, is a whole other idea that that's a whole other topic we can talk about that takes a current day art form, brings it back almost retro. It's, it's taking this idea of retro and taking it back. Um, it's very much like right now we have a resurgence of 80s. You know, a lot of people going back to synthesizers and, and, and producing some, some 80s music in that way. But I, I think when it comes to games, I, I think it's difficult. And I think the closest grade you can get to it is, is really cinema, because 
it is a mixture of visuals. It's a mixture of audio. It's a mixture of story. And it's also a mixture of one of the biggest differences is actually user input. You know, we go back to like the 90s. You've got games like Myst, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario 64 that in their own right are, yes, they're story-based in a way, but they have their own way of, of using an art form very much like animators or, or illustrators would do in, in, in certain ways to tell animated films or shorts. These three are distinctly different in that look. And we're talking about, you know, the 90s kind of coming up into when games are getting popular. You've got your home consoles in, you've got some money coming in, but they themselves are their own piece of art very much like you would see different expressions in different eras, Renaissance, modernism, cubism, different ways to represent sometimes the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, you have video games that are borrowing a lot of ideas from each other. I think because it's in this technological realm, we think about it totally differently. This is just technology building upon other technology. But in that sense, like a painter or a songwriter might be influenced by another artist, video game developers are then influenced in that same way. And you can sort of see the digital watermark of certain developers and what their influence brings into the end product. And I think that people are becoming more aware of that now. I think that people are a lot more invested in who is the studio behind producing this specific thing that I'm going to play mm -hmm. because I like what they do and I like the end product and I want them to work on this specific style of game because I know that it's going to be a good quality game and I'm going to like the overall aesthetic of it. It makes it less of a product and more of an art piece in that you are invested in that artist in that sense. It's not the same as going to the store and buying a thing to buy a thing. Buying a movie just to watch a movie is different than buying a movie because you're a really big fan of that director. Sure. At that point, you're looking at that film as more of an art piece. What resulted in that end product? What kind of things did that director do to get what they wanted, what they saw in their mind on that screen? And I think that if you can put yourself in that kind of mind of thinking for video games, you're going to be able to look at this stuff as an art form very easily. And I think that's true. I, I, I think it takes, and it takes an eye over time. I'm obviously looking at these things, but that's a great comparison when it comes to cinema. I mean, in, in modern days, you're looking at like a Jordan Peele film or looking at an A24 and you're like, that's art. That is a piece that is thought provoking, it's shot well, it's scored well. And then you look at something like, you know, one of my favorite trilogies of all time, Austin Powers, greatest <laughs> art piece ever created. But is that even in the same realm? You yeah, know, baby. I, <laughs> are these even like comparable in that sense? And I think you have to take that mindset over to games. There are some that are just mindless fun that are created to hit that dopamine trigger and keep you going. They're definitely artistic and beautiful looking. Don't get me wrong. Sure. There's plenty that are, but that's not their course. And this is where I want to transition over to the naysayers, the ones that kind of fully disagree 
And we're going to start with one of the biggest disagreeers that was in film history, and we're going to be talking about Roger Ebert. Now, for those of you who don't know, Roger Ebert was a pretty polarizing film critic um, that, for a lot of people, kind of became this, this crown standard. Um, but in 2005, he started producing a lot of kind of controversial debates or opinions that were really dismissing it after a lot of film adaptations of games were coming out. And the first quote I want to start with is, to my knowledge, no one in or out of the field has ever been able to cite a game worthy of comparison with the great dramatists, poets, filmmakers, novelists, and composers. That a game can aspire to artistic importance as a visual experience, I accept. But for most gamers, video games represent a loss of those precious hours we have available to make ourselves more cultured, civilized, and empathetic. Now, Derek, this... I get the idea. I get the one quote I will agree with. Games can aspire to artistic importance as a visual experience. I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want to have that, that thing that like leaves a mark on your brain and your heart when you finish their game. But to say that we wish we had our hours back to be more cultured and civilized and a true artiste, I think is really a slap in the face that everyone who's worked on that created something that doesn't matter. Yeah. I- I think going back to sort of what I was talking about originally, I think it shares that same viewpoint of this is a toy for a child. It's strictly mm-hmm. there to pass the time. You might have fond memories of playing with your favorite toy as a kid and feel nostalgic about it. But when you're an adult and you're sitting there and playing with that same toy you played with when you were five, people aren't going to exactly think highly of you. And I, I think that at this time, that's sort of Ebert's opinion on video gaming now he gave this opinion in what year that was in 2005 okay in 2005 so when we think about the context of 2005 it's prime xbox prime ps2 era maybe like uh getting toward that xbox 360 ps3 era where i think we are starting to see more of these narrative driven games that are a little bit Mm -hmm. bigger more cinematic more narrative driven in that sense that we want these big overarching trilogies we want this world to be built and we want the players to have an experience that sort of transcends the old style of game which is get to the end of the level and move on and that's it it's it's what you were saying they want it to have an impact on your brain and on your heart a little bit more so It's interesting to think about his opinion then and deciding, I think, whether or not that's really valid. Sure. I think he has a little bit of validity in maybe that era, but not Mm. entirely. It's definitely dismissive to the point of he hasn't necessarily tried to, I think, understand video games to have that opinion. Well, and that's where it continues, because in 2010... He published an essay dissecting a presentation made by Kelly Santiago of that game company. So they did Flower, they did Journey, obviously kind of very story-driven or very really heart-driven games that, in my opinion, are art, but I'm going to put that to the side for now. And he claimed 
that games can never be art due to their rules and their goal-based interactivity, stating, one obvious difference between art and games is that you can win a game. It has rules, points, objectives, and an outcome. Santiago might cite an immersive game without points or rules, but I would say then it ceases to be a game and becomes a representation of a story, a novel, a play, dance, or a film. Those are things you cannot win, you can only experience them. And the only other point that I want to add is that we also have Brian Moriarty, who in March 2011 gave a lecture on the topic entitled An Apology for Roger Ebert, where he declares that video games are just an extension of traditional rule-based games and that there has been no call to declare games like chess or Go to be art. Because I wanted to put those two together, trying to tie in that if it's an experience, then that's what it is, no longer a video game. If it's a game, it's relating back to the like very remnants of game, which are these ancient board games. So I, I want your opinion on, on, on this breakdown of it. And is this a valid point? Or where does this go? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I think that dismissing it as its inherent interactivity as something that makes it less artful is wrong. I don't -hmm. think that makes a lot of sense to me because there's all kinds of different art forms that do involve interaction with the person experiencing it. You know, whether it be like a comedy club where suddenly you find yourself as part of an act. And on top of that, when you go to an art museum and you look at a painting on a wall, you don't see that painting in the same sense that someone else sees that painting. And someone can tell you all day long, like, this is the best painting in the world. Here's all the reasons why. And you might look at it and feel absolutely nothing. To me, that is an interaction with itself. And I think that dismissing video games as... This is something you can win. This is something you could be the best at. I think this is something, an opinion that definitely should have changed. He didn't live for too much longer after this opinion. It was just a few more years before he passed Mm -hmm. away. But video games have definitely started to trend more toward these open world, open-ended style where it's not necessarily the video games of old, where it's Mario gets to the end of the the level, he beats Bowser, he gets Princess Peach, you won the game, congratulations. It's a little more of that path from the beginning of the level to the end where you get the princess. And 
A lot of times, even getting the princess doesn't mark the end of the game anymore. And uh, obviously, I'm not necessarily talking about Mario anymore, but there are plenty of games out there that you can win, quote unquote, and still continue to play. Or you could play the entire game, still get a ton of satisfaction from it, and never touch that main quest. So I, I just think that it's dismissive to simply point at the interactivity because there's Mm -hmm. so many little details that happen on that journey now that I think are what contribute to the art form. The point that I want to argue with this too is that, you know, citing an immersive game without points or rules, it ceases to become a game, becomes representation of a story, a novel, a play, blah, blah, blah. So are those then things that are not art? Or Or are we saying that video games that are telling a story are fake art pretending to be these true art forms that are jumping into what could potentially be this. Because here's the thing. I enjoy dancing. I am not a good dancer. I love just dance. But is my dance a form of art more so than the game Just Dance is that I'm playing? Is me doing this taking more of that on? That's just more of a physicality example. But let's even look at The Last of Us, um, which has their show out. Is the show now more of an art form than the game that people cite as a beautiful source of storytelling and heart-wrenching loss and just a, 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 an amazing tale? Is that less? Is that the, the prequel to true art? And for them to say, like, well, a video game's just a game. It's just like chess. But how so? Yes, there, there are goals in mind with those things. Ironically but- enough, a chessboard in someone's house is a lot of times used for display, i.e. art. Yes. And, and, and why is that not art? Why is a chessboard and chess pieces not art? They are. They truly are. But right. the playing of it is not. And to go back to state that like games aren't art, tr- they'll, they'll never compete with the true composers. Who do you think makes the music for these games? It's some of the top composers in the world. Right. And so you're discounting them? Are you discounting the voice actors? Are you discounting the visual, act, visual artists, I should say? Or are they all individually art, but then together is this weird experience uh, uh, placating as art? And I, I want to wrap this last section up about the, the negatives or the, the people who are the naysayers, I should say with someone actually in the industry. Because in 2006, Hideo Kojima actually gave an interview with US official PlayStation 2 magazine agreeing with Ebert, stating that video games are not art. Now, Kojima did say games may contain artwork, but he stressed the intrinsically popular nature of video games in contrast to the niche interests served by art. Since the highest ideal of all video games is to achieve 100% player satisfaction, whereas art is targeted to at least one person, Kojima argued that video game creation is more of a service than an artistic endeavor. Yes and no. To say that all art is basically a hipster, it's this super niche, oh, I'm only targeting one person for this. Whereas video games are targeting everyone? What, what, what? You think artists don't want to target everyone? I'm confused. So I make a movie, Derek. 
I make Goodfellas. And I'm like, you know what? My Italian uncle loves these type of things. I'm only spending millions of dollars to bring a cast and crew together with post-production and a marketing budget. But for this one person, because I'm, I'm, tr- I'm a true artist, Eric. We only go after the one, not the many. Yeah, it's, to me, a pretty nonsensical take on that. Obviously, tons of respect for what the guy has done in the industry. Mm-hmm. But I think that making it about, well, video games are targeting a lot of people. I, I just don't even know that that's necessarily true because they're doing focus groups. They're doing things to target specific ages and genders and types of people. I mean, they're they're definitely making decisions in especially AAA games on what kind of game they want to have so that they are hitting their target market as best as they can and getting a profit. I mean, it's yeah. a business in that sense, but it's also very pointed at a specific group of people and and it's trying to be a product for that person. So whether you say it's one person or a type of person, uh, I I think either way it's still art. But you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Like there's not I think a painter in the world who would be out there making uh, a painting and saying I'm making this and I I just want this one person to like it. I I don't even think that people that that do that that are artists really even think about that. They just make it and put it out there. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. Very recently was listening to a podcast with Bob Odenkirk, who said, look, I I loved playing Saul and Better Call Saul. Obviously, Better Call Saul considered one of the better drama black comedy series um, of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he loved playing that role. And as an actor, I think you can criticize that as an art form and his performance. But he says straight up, like, I put it out. I don't look at the reviews or if you guys liked it. If you liked it, you'll watch it. That's it. I think a lot of people take that approach to art. And so I think that saying that the main difference is the intent behind the the art form mm-hmm. is a little... It's a little foreign of a of a thought to me. It it seems counterintuitive to me. Now, now I do want to I do want to touch on that point because that's where I want to transition to talk about the idea for making it for one, which I do agree with you as a musical artist. I as a visual artist, you would love people to listen or view or, or say nice things about your stuff, but you're definitely making it for yourself first. So that that point I can agree upon. If we're going to argue that art intrinsically is made for you, typically unless it's like commission piece, but you're making it for yourself to put out for others if we're stretching that definition right now. Well, then let's talk about games like Stardew Valley where you have Concerned 8, who is this solo creator that made it, made it for himself, put it out to the public and now the public shares within that art, shares within the additional... Uh, free DLCs that come out with it, shares into the Haunted Chocolatier, which is the next game coming. Are we to say that this person who created these things, that's a whole different view of AAA games, is that not art if we're going by these tedious definitions of what that is? Yeah. No, I think that's totally fair. 
I think that's absolutely fair. I don't really have a lot to add on that. I mean, no, because I, 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 I think that kind of answers in and of itself. I, I like you and I both know when you're creating things. Like, yes, when I'm creating a photo series, I want people to see it. I want people to like it. I want the ego feel, but I also want people to enjoy what I create. Sure. And it's very much, I think, in games like this, I can understand the argument against AAA machines that are putting out unfinished products or just pumping games out each year to hit those sales numbers like FIFA and boxes and loot boxes and battle passes. And I can understand where that gets convoluted today. But to discredit that, and then the last thing I want to bring up, if we're talking about intrinsic art the way it is. Well, just just really quick on on that last point. If you wanted to say that, so those AAA games that are unfinished products, mm-hmm. if you want to view those as those are too soulless to really be considered art. At the same mm-hmm. time, you know there are terrible movies that get made all the time. Absolutely, there are terrible books that get put out. There are bad paintings to someone that are great paintings to someone else. You know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder in that mm-hmm. sense, and. It's sort of like you might look at a AAA title and think it's the greatest game you've ever played in your life. It might get a ton of people who play it that don't feel the same way, but because it's considered a success in the industry, you know, it has a certain status that puts it beyond just a video game and more like global success and beyond art. One, it's similar in that sense to uh, like a Marvel movie. Sure. People might not think that those are the most artistic things. They find them highly entertaining, but because they're not an art house film, they're not considered these really important artistic pieces that people need to spend a lot of time thinking about. I think that video games have that same type of tiering in them, where certain video games are so stylized that they're inherently more artistic than other video games, for sure. And I, I think I think to kind of to kind of bring definitions to this, or I, I think a good wording going forward. I think we both agree that video games intrinsically are art. They do reflect the culture, they reflect the times, they reflect what's created. I think we can argue against high art and low art or art, uh, very much like you'd have a film house movie. We consider high art. Dumb and Dumber, not so highbrow in that sense, but still a piece of art created for laughs. Very much like if you were to go onto Etsy or DeviantArt and get someone to draw your, let's say, Dungeons and Dragons character. That's a piece of art. It may not belong in a museum, but that's still an artist's rendering. So, really quick, think, Austin Powers, yeah. is that in the highbrow or the low? <laughs> Austin Powers in its own category, oh, baby. Okay. <laughs> um, I see. But no, I mean, like, again, not created for that th- thought-provokingness. And that's typically what quote-unquote high art is. It's to challenge our values, to challenge societal norms, to challenge your way of thinking. And it doesn't do that intrinsically. But yeah, you have, you have art house films. You have, again, like I brought up earlier, A24, Jordan Peele stuff that is entertaining but makes you think a bit. Um, that would be kind of a higher form of art. I, I don't like this art bashing. I think if people want to create, whether it's a major company or an individual, and this is their expression with it, it's art it, or a conglomeration of art. 
It's 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 a group working towards these things. And if you're discounting video games as not art, I don't think you can count movies as art. If you're saying that only one person claims it, I can't say orchestras are art then. That's multiple people. Yeah, you have a conductor doing it, but everyone comes together for it. So yeah, I, I think the, the the strict definition of it is frustrating. And I know legally it's frustrating because there's plenty of other court cases that have dealt with what people should be able to do with video games. But I think overall, it's an interesting topic. And I think one we'll keep talking about over and over. For sure. And and there are certain aspects of games that I think the community interaction uh, and I think kind of where you were going with this was like Concerned Apes, Stardew Valley, obviously mm-hmm. made by an individual who works super hard at it, very highly stylized, sort of a reflection of those old pixel games like we were talking yeah. about at the beginning of the episode, but has also had a massive, massive um, influence from its community and has tons mm-hmm. of mods for it. It sort of took on its own form. And I feel like when we talk about the high forms of art, we can sort of lump something like that into that category because it's transcended the typical video game consumer experience where Mm -hmm. I go to a store and I buy a game and I play it and it goes on the shelf and then I'm done with it. You know, it's not a sports video game where I buy the same one every year, tell myself it's going to be something different put it on the shelf, never play that version again. That was a one-time buy, and we're moving on to the next year. Something like Stardew Valley has a lot of legs underneath it, and it can become something else for different people. It can You can play that game as someone who's very highly focused on the farming aspect or the relationship aspect or the exploring and fighting aspect. There's all different ways to play a role within that game. I feel like role-playing games have the most potential to be considered art forms in that sense, but especially the ones like Stardew Valley that transcend that normal interaction, as I said, and sort of take on their own life form within the communities that play them. Yeah, and so I want to kind of wrap up, because, I mean, we can continue on this about all day, but I want to give you some games to definitely check out if you're looking at some fun art games. Um, you know, one just happens to be from uh, a place called Kojima Productions. Um, you know, it's, it's weird that that would be a game that's out there with uh, Hideo saying games aren't art, but obviously Death Stranding hits that list. <laughs> uh, Disco Elysium, The Last of Us, Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima. I, there, there's so, uh, Hades, there's so many out there that are considered art. And again, whole other topic on, on other games, but if we're trying to bring that connection of cinema into the gaming sphere, Red Dead 2. So there, there's so many pieces that we can really reflect on that may be a stylized piece of art, maybe a reflective piece of art of society, Red Dead 2, uh, may even just be one that is its own style in, in Hades and telling a story and a, and a retelling of mythology in that way of, of bringing something old to new in their own way. Yeah, so, out of war. God of War. So I want to end this here and bring the call to action to you all. What do you think of games as art? Do you believe that it's true to stay in this medium? Is it in its own style of medium of art? Is it its own quote-unquote art? Or is it just a game to play? And what are your favorites? 
obviously let us know in our Discord, our socials. Let's continue the conversation there. But for now, kind of wraps it up. Absolutely, guys. And if you haven't yet, uh, depending on where you listen to this episode on Spotify, there will be a poll section. There will also be an interactive Q&A where we can kind of talk about this a little bit more if you just want to post something quick. As Alex said, hit us up on the socials as well, Discord, Twitter, Instagram. Would love to talk to you guys more about this. Yeah. So let's keep this conversation going, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Take care, guys.